Welcome to Decoding Careers, a podcast to help software engineers transition into a leadership role. Okay, hi ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Decoding Careers. I'm your co-host, Ryan Halson, owner and founder of Discovered People. And today I'm delighted to welcome Artem Kolesnikov. Artem is a member of the technology leadership group at Cover Genius. Since 2017, he has worn multiple hats in the company, advancing from a senior software engineer to his current position as director of software engineering. Along with other engineers, he has helped Cover Genius to grow from a small startup into a global leader in embedded insurance that partners with the world's largest e-commerce businesses and now has over 500 employees. So very prevalent in terms of the topic, as, as obviously we aim to help software engineers in the transition into leadership. Artem has only just gone through that with Cover Genius. He also has four team members at the moment that have currently recently stepped into leadership. So um, very hot topic for Artem. As a people leader, Artem strongly believes in, in growth mindset, intrinsic motivation, and the power of tiny gains. So really excited to get into this one. And um, yeah, welcome again, Artem. Thanks for inviting me, Ryan. No problem. Awesome. All right, so let's get into it. So to start with, we've got a tradition on the podcast, and we ask every guest to take us all the way back and, and share the time that they they wrote their first line of code. So Artem, when, when was that for yourself? Yeah, sure. I wrote my first program. I think it was about uh, computing the like square of different figures and perimeter, like very simple program. And then we would went into the class and just typed it in. We had two people sitting at each computer and... Pair programming. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, so we started with pair programming. <laughs> nice. But um, yeah, that was uh, my first time. I, I, I really liked it, but um, at that moment, I didn't know that it will become my career or yeah. profession. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think uh, that my first... And, and then after this, I... Uh, basically had Pascal at uni. I also, I didn't study computer science. However, I had a lot of friends who did. And um, sometimes um, at, at uni, we, I just helped them to do some, you know, coursework and mm-hmm. things like that. I, I was, I was genuinely interested, but never believed that that could be my career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you obviously got first introduced to it, as a young boy at school, it sounds like you enjoyed it, but it didn't immediately grab you and, and take over your world. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. I didn't have my personal computer. Yeah. My uh, family, I wouldn't say I'm from a poor family, but um, family didn't have uh, money to buy a computer. And I only bought my first computer when I was at year four at uni. So, so yeah, I was always interested in computers, but I would say I didn't always have chance to practice uh, my skill or learn something. At uni, sometimes I, I lived with a guy who had a computer, so sometimes I didn't sleep during the <laughs> night to work on computer. I remember I was trying to learn HTML and CSS and build like... Um, I was patient about gaming. There was a Need for Speed Underground yeah, game, yeah. And, and my first website was a static website about this game, you know. It was <laughs> yeah, yeah. My first memories of HTML and CSS, I don't know if you, you remember, but MySpace, you could, um, so it was like the first, obviously, social media platform, but you could customize your 
profile by sort of implementing HTML and, and, and CSS code into it. Um, so very basic stuff, but it get, it, I suppose it's that that stuff that gets you deeper into it, right? If you enjoy, if you start enjoying that, then it takes you. Yeah, I, I believe HTML and CSS is the foundation. If you want to be a web developer, this is something that you need to start with. Yeah, and uh, everyone can build a simple static website and just. And then, if you want to go further, then you learn about more about programming languages yeah. and APIs and stuff like that. So, obviously, you've gone from going to university, stealing your friend's computer at night, <laughs> <laughs> then from. Um, obviously, it sounds like you were in. You know, a few of your friends were in in that space. Once you left university, then how did you start progressing your career in in the software engineering world? Yeah, that's a good question. I started um, electronics manufacturing back at uni. Yeah. I didn't study uh, computer science or, or software engineering, even though I was interested in it. And um, yeah, I think. Um, after uni, I didn't know what to do. I didn't have a plan. I yeah, think. Um, like most. I, I was not very motivated to graduate from uni as well. I mean, I, I, I was from a small town, and um, originally I'm from a small town. And um, when I moved into a large city, I just um, generally didn't know what to do. Mm. And, um, yeah, I just got the first job that was available to me, and this job was to install computer networks at a local uh, retail provider. Yeah, and then I grew up fast in that role. So mm. I think a, a few months down the track, my role changed and I started also doing more complex work. I, I started setting up uh, like, uh, you know, phone uh, systems in, mm-hmm. in the company and uh, yeah, configuring more complex uh, software and hardware. And um, yeah, and actually... On the network inside? On the networking yeah. side, yes. And then some stage I became a manager. Like straight after uni, less than a year down into my career, I became a manager. I was leading a team of um, like four people originally. And uh, that was my first experience. The people who I was leading, they, they were much older than me. They were like, uh, I think uh, the oldest person was 41 year old when I was only 24. Wow, yeah, yeah. It can be quite intimidating that sometimes because I, I myself got into a leadership position when I was quite young and there's a mental blocker that you put in, you know, because they're older, you, you feel a bit awkward being their senior. Did you have the same experience? Yeah, it was uh, it was very hard for me. Uh, originally, I obviously didn't know how to work with people. It was quite hard for me. I don't think I understood uh, properly what leadership role involves back at the time. Mm. But I had great team. This older people, they actually helped me to become a better uh, leader. Mm-hmm. They told me when I did things wrong, they, they just told me that. And um, that feedback that I received from them and my desire to improve and, and become a better leader, yeah. I think it played nicely together. And year after... I was given even larger team. So I started manage, uh, being responsible for the entire IT support team, so which included like technical support. We were repairing uh, different computers, uh, technical equipment. Um, the, the company had 800 uh, workstations, so, yeah. and I had around uh, 15 people, and we, we were s- supporting all of that, all of that infrastructure, yeah. including servers. We did everything in-house. We didn't work with... Uh, you know, external integrators and um, 
vendors. So I learned a lot in this role, not about software engineering, but about hardware. And um, yeah, I was going to ask because obviously, you know, not going down the traditional route of computer science degree and then and then falling into software. And the question that I was going to ask is, do you feel it's critical for um, software engineering leaders to have good foundational degrees? And you're a prime example of someone that, that perhaps is an advocate for not needing that. Perhaps you can provide, I suppose, a different way of looking at things and a different um, approach, methodology. Do you feel by not having a computer science degree that has hindered you by any stage throughout your career or, or do you think it's been more of an advantage to you? Uh, I don't think it was an advantage, <laughs> for <laughs> okay. sure. Yeah. Uh, I would recommend to everyone if they have passion for software engineering, just go and get a degree at uni. Uh, proper training is the best thing that you can do. Unfortunately, my own experience was not like that. I did have some subjects at uni that were related to computer science. Yeah, okay. And even when I did a skill assessment uh, in Australia, migrating to a permanent residency, my degree was a set as a major in ICT, mm-hmm. but not closely related to software engineering. So yeah, I, I cannot say that uni was completely wasted time for me. Yeah, and yeah. I definitely recommend everyone to, to get a proper uh, degree. Yeah, awesome. And and sounds like you progressed into leadership quite early on in your, your career albeit not in the world of software engineering specifically. Thinking back, what do you believe, why do you think you were fast-tracked into a leadership position? Like you say, even when you were you know, 24 and, and you had seniors in the team that were, were 41, why do you think you were, were selected in, into that leadership role? Yeah, um, I think my I started demonstrating my leadership skills even before that. You know, I... As a hobby, I do martial arts, and as a kid, I did a lot of judo, and uh, eventually I started helping my coach to run kids' classes uh, in judo, so when I was at high school. And that, that I think, was my first leadership experience, because it also requires skill. You need to yeah. organize these kids who don't want to <laughs> behave, and yeah. Um, so, and, and I remember that one time my coach couldn't go for a, a competition, and I and... Um, uh, my friend, we took uh, a kid to a competition in another town. Yeah. And uh, that kid, he got the first place. Uh, he, he won that competition. He won like five fights in a row. Yeah. And I remember that moment when I was proud for his achievement. You know, that, that I think, you know, as a leader, I had many moments like that in the future when I was proud for achievement of others. Mm-hmm. But that was the f- very first moment when I realized, okay, this is something that can make me happy as well. Not just my own achievements, but the achievements of other people. Yeah, I think that's so critical. Linking it to sports, I think sports early on in your career, whether that be a captain of a football team or you know martial arts, you know, it sets you up for success, and and I think it's in it's born within you sometimes as well. Is like you've got to have a passion for seeing others win and and actually get some value out of that. Whereas you know, if you don't have that, then you're going to struggle to be a good leader because it takes a lot of time and and, and effort to yeah um, put into others. I, I believe martial arts is a good way for it to learn this, but not the only way for sure. Yes, yeah, no, of course, of course, awesome. All right, so. So obviously you had the grounding from the judo um, and martial arts and that no doubt was was seen by others in your first role. Were you motivated at the time to be in leadership? Did you know that sort of that was going to be the path for you or did it sort of just get thrust upon you? 
look, I honestly just took any opportunity that I had. I, I took it as a learning opportunity. I was always honest with uh, my manager. I, I told, look, uh, you asked me to do this. I've never done that before, but if you give me enough time, I'll figure out. And um, that approach, I think, uh, worked well. I, As I said, I learned so much uh, about, I even did like, some programming that in that in that role it was uh, required. I think uh, my first program that was used by someone apart from me was was I, I wrote that uh, role. So yeah, I had a, a lot of autonomy as well, and I, I believe this is very important to have autonomy in in your role and um, do things in your way, uh, and that something that you know motivates you to continue and. Um, by removing this autonomy from people, you can demotivate uh, people to progress. And um, yeah, um, that also played a good role. So, But I also had good team. I had people who I could learn from. I uh, was just a regular guy. I was never, try- I was humble, never tried to kind of put myself, never tried to be a boss. So yeah, I think that all helped me to continue. But um, yeah, I guess... Remember in that time, I, I I don't think, I don't think I had a plan in my, like what I want to do in my career in the future. Yeah, eventually I realized that what I'm doing is actually not motivates me anymore. I mean, yeah. I wanted to create something, whereas that role in that company was more about supporting the business. I really wanted to become a software engineer and um, after reaching certain level and being a manager and having a good salary I decided to do a step back and um, I spent six months learning PHP and uh, I got my first role as a junior software engineer. Interesting what um, got two questions there just so we we get an idea on on time frames what what version of php do you remember it to be uh, i can't remember exactly to be honest at work i used 4 but uh, there was a um, 5.0 released i believe and then the the second question that i was going to ask is obviously going from a leadership position and then joining your next business as a as a junior software engineer with limited experience in in that new field Obviously, must have taken some an ego hit as well, but maybe that's what makes you a good leader is that you you don't have the ego, right? Because um, many people would struggle to do that transition. So, for you to go from leadership into a junior role, what was that like? Yeah, it was uh, really hard. Uh, yeah. First of all, because I didn't get support from anyone around me. Everyone was saying, "Artem, come on, you shouldn't do this." Yeah, uh, my wife was against this. <laughs> so um, the problem was also that. Going into that role, I got like two times decrease in my salary. Yeah, wow. Um, you know, when you have, I, I didn't have kids back at the time, so it was uh, not that important. And my, my wife was making pretty good money, and um, but still, yeah, <laughs> she yeah. was making more than me. And uh, but I was absolutely sure that this is something that I want to do in my life yeah. in the future, and that that's why I decided to do this step, and it played really well. Like one year after, I already forgot about uh, my previous role. I had a salary more yeah. than in you know, my previous role oh. uh, one year after. 
And um, yeah, and since that, it was continuous growth for me. And even now, I'm still learning a lot uh, as engineer and growing. And this makes me, I really enjoy what I do. Yeah, awesome. So talking about your, we'll call it your second career then. (laughs) So it sounds like you progressed again pretty quickly from junior into a leadership role. So your journey from, from software engineering to leader, what was the biggest challenge in terms of establishing yourself as a software engineer but then moving into that into that leadership role and was there much difference between that journey and your first journey in the sort of more IT support hardware world yeah I think the, the challenges were the same I'm a very introverted person it's hard for me to go and speak with people and um, that's probably one thing that I'm fighting all the time, and even now, these days, uh, even mm. maybe people sometimes don't see that, mm. but when I'm speaking too much with people, I'm losing a lot of energy. I need to take time after this just with myself to recover. It's pretty hard to do when you have two kids and, and family. <laughs> and, um, but um, yeah, uh, this, this is my uh, main challenge, just uh, forcing myself to go speak with people. And um, it's not something that... Um, is, naturally given to me Uh, this is something that I need to train and practice every day yeah speaking to software engineers we're going to speak in general terms here Um, a lot of software engineers are um, introverted and um, will probably be battling with the same issues that that you face and have to overcome to be able to even be here today be in a leadership role so what's your biggest piece of advice for anyone out there that, that is also introverted and thinking that they want to step into the leadership role yeah what's your biggest piece of advice to, that you'd give to them yeah look I think um, every skill can be developed if you practice it so introversion is um, you need to put yourself in a position when you don't feel comfortable and mm. that's something that make you to progress like over time you you will notice that it is easier and easier for you to do this but um yeah feeling every day like trying to speak to as many people as you can try to come to other people and speak first to them but first of all you need to understand that do you want to fix this trade once you understand that yes i want to improve then it's everything is it's just about practicing just like pushing yourself yeah and uh, yeah it's interesting because the piece that you mentioned there is if you want to improve it right so um just because certain people have certain traits or or even that they they determine weaknesses is like you don't have to always try and improve your weaknesses you can focus on your strengths and you don't necessarily need to be an extrovert to be successful in your career but if it's if it's something that you do want to improve on then yeah it's it's that putting yourself out of your comfort zone and it's in that growth zone where you feel petrified on the inside (laughs) but once you come out on the other end it's actually it wasn't that bad and it makes the next time easier and easier and easier and easier right that's right but it takes a long time yes yeah of course and i think it will always be there um you know the element of it you just learn to push it down a little bit further each time yeah yeah awesome and just going back on to the transitioning from into a leadership role because you mentioned at Cover Genius that um, you've gone from software engineer to leader. Obviously, in your very first role, you've done something similar. So just a piece of advice on there'll be many software engineers out there that maybe have just been chucked into a leadership role in their current role and now have to lead 
peers or people older than them. What piece of advice do you have for anyone that has to deal with those those challenges and, and how did you overcome them? Yeah, sure. I listened to uh, the previous podcast with Leo Borges. And, oh, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember what he said, uh, like ensure you are in the company that supports that transitioning. Yeah. And uh, that I just want to second that. Yeah, it's okay. uh, very, very important in my opinion to be in that company that in, in a proper environment that supports that transition and um, where you feel comfortable to fail in your role yeah. or where you can, at any moment of time, you can say, that's not for me. I can. I want to go back and just yeah. become software engineer again and do just technical work. Yeah. Um, if I want to add something from myself on top of that is I would probably recommend people to start using less word of I in their language and use more we. Mm. And this is, I believe, once you try to do this intentionally, that will change the way how you think as well. And that will help you to understand uh, like what leadership role involves, uh, actually. Yeah. And again, it's um, taking you back to your judo tournament. It's getting joy from other people's success and you not being front and centre of it as well. So, you know, when you're using languages like we, we, it's always including others and, and bringing them in and it's not taking the gratification or, or making it all about you as well. So making sure you bring your, your peers in and, and then you'll get respect from your peers and so it makes a lot of sense. And I think, yeah, definitely to yours and, and, and Leo's point on making sure that the organisation supports you in the right way. So how do you feel that an organisation can support you? What do they need to do to demonstrate that they're a supporting organisation? I don't know how it works in other organisations. I can only speak about Cover Genius. Cover Genius, what we offer for engineers before they step in the role, we offer them to uh, do like a secondment for the mm -hmm. role. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I think most of engineers who transitioning recently, they going through this process some people are going through this process right now and during secondment we trying to provide a lot of feedback trying to collect feedback from the team as well i myself make myself available to all the people who needs it i set up weekly catch up catch ups with people and honestly like all teams and all people are different so different people have different needs mm. And support in that sense means sometimes it's about advice, sometimes it's about like sharing your experience uh, or, or knowledge. Yeah, but um, from the organization perspective, secondment process is good because in the end of it, you can say, I just don't want to continue. I want to go back in my senior yeah. software engineer yeah. role. Yeah. And um, yeah, and, and another thing is just uh, having uh, your career progression plans mm -hmm. uh, built properly yeah. uh, when I think uh, Leo also mentioned that, that senior software engineer and uh, engineering manager this is the two roles on the same level mm. so it doesn't mean that being a manager that you become above yeah. your team so even though there is a small salary difference for, between the roles because the leadership role implies much more responsibility and um, yeah, so engineering managers, so you paid slightly more, but yeah. it's not a huge difference. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think if your company has a career progression framework, it's already good 
but uh, if it's built right, it's even better. Yeah, definitely. And I think because there sometimes is a, a stigma from my years of, of speaking to software engineers is they see the senior software engineer as a ceiling and then they see, right, well, how do I progress from here? That's right. And there seems to be only one way and that's management where I can progress and, and get rewarded more more financially. But actually, I think, you know, engineers or, or organisations that, that are doing it really well, um, they're creating two paths and they're creating paths on on two fronts and that will be the leadership or the management path but then also the technical path and there's different variations whether that be you go to a principal or staff engineer or architecture but making sure that it's communicated across the business that one is not more important than the other yeah um, they're just slightly slightly different that's true. but making sure that it's still it is progression and it is career progression. And actually, I think that helps with the retention of staff as, as well once you clearly communicate that. Yeah, that, that's correct. And you need to reiterate this every time because uh, companies grow and new people come in. And, uh, yeah, um, I think you need to speak about that. Yeah. Um, and I like yeah, the comment yeah. piece because um, it takes the pressure off. It's like, right, this is for a fixed period of time. If you excel... Then and you love it, and and you're producing great results. Then it makes sense for the business to then make it more permanent. But if not, then it's well, it was only for a fixed period of time anyway. So it really takes the the pressure off of yeah. both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah I agree. Sometimes when we sure about the decision of transitioning someone from senior software engineer into engineering manager, maybe they, this person already had a previous experience, so. Mm. Um, Second is something that people opt in for. It's yeah. not it's not something that we enforce. Yeah. Uh, we always ask, do you want to go straight in the role? Do you see yourself doing this role like five years down the track? Or when people have hesitation, yeah. uh, we say, okay, you, you can go through the secondment process, yeah. try it. Yeah. Uh, if it's not for you, then just feel free yeah. to step back. And obviously a very hot topic for you. You've got, you've got four people going through it at the moment at Cover Genius. If you were to, let's say that they were all in the room here today, what piece of advice or how would you best prepare them for the journey that they're about to go on? Um, is there any sort of resources, tools, learning, anything? What would you say would best prepare them for what they're about to step into? Yeah, maybe Careers Decoded podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's a uh, good plug there. <laughs> um, to be honest, it's a, it's a, it's a good question. And there, there is a, no a universal resource that I mm. can recommend. It really depends on what the person's needs are. Yeah. Someone maybe needs some more experience on a leadership side and then there will be like some books that I would recommend them to read. Or someone needs more experience on just general management skills. Mm. And it's, this is also... That's a different set of information and yeah, uh, yeah different yeah. trainings that yeah. I need. To. I think that's that's super important because, like you mentioned, everyone is different and they'll have different needs. I think sometimes some businesses can look at it and go, "Oh, you can go on a leadership course for two days, come back and you're a leader," and <laughs> of, away you go. That's, that's true. Um, and yeah, to your point, it's an ongoing evolution, and and um, I think just being available and being there. And being mindful that you know there can be a hundred and one different things that they can be struggling with, and and just exploring that that with them. Yeah. However, I want to mention that those courses are also useful. Yes. I, I want to speak about my my personal experience that I yeah. had. I think back at uh, twenty eighteen, I had 
such course at Cover Genius mm. through his uh, Will Blood. Will, if you listen to this podcast, hi, thanks for that course. That was amazing. So Will had 10 years of experience working as a people leader at Google. And um, even though the course was two days course, very intense. And um, yeah, in the end of it, it took me several years to deeply understand all that information. But even now I'm returning to that information that he yeah, wow. he shared with us. Yeah. Uh, and um, I'm trying to read the books. That I, I'm progressing through the books. He recommended a, a few good books in that course. Yeah, okay. uh, and I think um, some of them were like changed the way how I see the uh, leadership and help me to understand better uh, yeah. my responsibilities as a leader and in general how things work uh, with people. If you were to name one book that's been most beneficial to you as a leader, what would you say that was? It's hard to name one <laughs> uh, because books focusing on different things. Yeah. I probably named three. First is uh, Drive by Daniel Pink. Uh, it's about intrinsic motivation and what motivates people and the different ways to motivate people. Mm-hmm. I would recommend to read it for all new le- uh, leaders. Mm-hmm. Another book is uh, Daniel Kahneman, Thinking Fast and Slow. Mm-hmm. It's not about leadership, but it's about thinking and um, and about biases. Yeah. And um, I think just being aware about your own biases is, is very, very important. Yeah. And uh, the third book, that's Carol Dweck, Mindset. It's about growth mindset and um, how we learn. And I think, again, not closely related to leadership, but Mm -hmm. the book resonated with me a lot. And, um, yeah, I think uh, it made my own beliefs stronger that I had. And, um, yeah, I recommend to read it for everyone. Yeah, awesome. And mistakes. I want to talk about mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's one one of the interview questions that we have uh, as well when we interview people. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's important, especially as a leader, to be aware of of your mistakes and that you're not perfect. But what do you see as, as the common mistakes people make when they first step into leadership that can be from your own experiences or from your observations of of managing managers yeah most common mistake is just um when people trying to pull all the work by themselves they didn't switch their mindset into uh we they continue to contribute and to make things happen faster they work longer hours they just work much harder yeah i think um this is something that happens to people, because, especially those people who are very enthusiastic about their the, the, the role. They, they want to do things. They want to improve things. And, uh, and they just um, have a very high risk of burning themselves and um, you know, not enjoying the role. It's um, something that I think you know, covers all of leadership, not just software engineering leadership. But you know, m- myself, it's, it's one thing that... Um, I struggled with initially was was being able to delegate and able to give up the responsibility and you kind of battling with your own mind is like uh, you know I can just do it myself I can just do it myself I can just do it myself and then before you know it you're overloaded and you're doing everything badly because you haven't you're not spending the time in the right places 
So, yeah, yeah I, I, no, I, I, I would agree. That's right. I, I don't like word delegating because it's like from management, not from leadership. Yeah. But yeah, you need to involve your team into like achieving common goals. It's leadership is about in leadership. You succeed when, when the team succeed. So you, you should not think about just you anymore. You, you should always th- think from the team perspective. And that's why I recommended to use the word we because it's, yes. it really changes like how you perceive work and um, and that using that word we more often will help people to follow you I, yeah definitely alright so for any software engineers that are listening and perhaps on the fence about moving into leadership what piece of advice would you give to them well uh, if you're on the fence uh, I would say just go for it uh, go for it try it you need to try to understand um, and and when I say try it, I mean you need to try it for long enough time. You can't be a, a team lead for one month and say, oh it's, it's not for me. just try to spend try to do it really well and see if you don't receive satisfaction from this uh, kind of role, mm. then there's always a way back even when a company is not saying that openly but yeah like there's always like options for you to go back into technical role yeah so make the jump is, yeah, is the advice exactly yeah. but um i believe that everyone can lead a yeah. team uh, it doesn't uh, skills that can be learned yeah. and if you treat it like that and if you really genuinely want to improve yeah then eventually we'll start enjoying it uh, in yeah. the same way as you enjoy writing soft mm. so yeah and I suppose that you know there'll probably be some out there that that are on the fence for the wrong reasons, as we sort of touched on earlier with with regards to thinking it's the only choice for them. So, who do you believe shouldn't be in a leadership role? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> as I said, I believe that everyone can be a leader. Yeah. Um, again, if you if you look at this situation in in the team, like honestly, and you. And you see other people who you think could be a better leader for this team, then let them to lead. Yeah. But if you believe that you know how this group of people that you're working in can achieve great results and you can bring others to the same vision, yeah, try this role. Yeah. Awesome. So... Final question. Obviously, we've we've touched on a lot around transition to, to leadership and a little bit of your leadership philosophy. But if you could just define your leadership philosophy, how would you define it? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, this question caught me unprepared. Yeah. Because um, earlier you make mention to growth mindset, intrinsic motivation, and the and the power of, of of tiny gains, and then throughout the episode you've 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 spoke a lot on on we and putting others first. So yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I'll probably define it as um, one of Cover Genius values, which is uh, we succeed together. Yeah. So I think uh, the idea here is that. As a leader, you can only succeed when every single person in your team succeed. Mm. You can only grow as a leader when every single person in your team grows. Yeah. And um, your role as a leader is to create that environment that allows other people to grow, create the environment when people can 
just be themselves, you know, authentic and not be afraid of showing their flaws and, uh, yeah, speak openly when they don't know something. And um, I think um, that environment where everyone can contribute and, and then only creating this environment can help the group of people that you lead into progress and achieve success and then you also achieve success as a part of this group. Yeah, awesome. All right, well, awesome. It's been great hearing hearing your insights. I suppose, look, we'll finish on two final thoughts. What's next for Artem and, and, and really where do you see your, your career going from here? And then any final thoughts that you want to share with the listeners as well? Yeah, speaking about my career, uh, I think uh, I'm right now in the, in the right place. Cover Genius is an organization that is growing and I honestly believe in this company as a business and I believe that they will continue to grow and and uh, yeah, just, just staying in that company and uh, being a part of that growth mm-hmm. can push me even further uh, in that company. That's one option. Another thing that um, I really want to do something for community like you, mm-hmm. uh, maybe thinking about... Um, starting a new meetup group. I'm helping right now to organize a couple of meetups, but um, I want probably, yeah, I have an idea of, uh, of a meetup that um, will be more for software engineers and less about, uh, you know, anything else. Yeah. Um, I want to eventually start my own company. I don't think I'm completely ready at this stage. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, eventually I, I think I will be in that position yeah there are a lot of opportunities but mm. I believe that whatever I do I will continue to learn continue to be open to new challenges and um, yeah and it will push me further in life yeah beautiful well thank you so much for your time um, if anyone wants to connect with you after this what's the best way for them to to get in touch and, and uh, I assume that you're happy for them to, to get in touch with any questions, any thoughts? Yeah, I'm not very present on social networks, but uh, probably LinkedIn is the best way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not very active on LinkedIn, yeah. but please feel free to PM me and yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn and ask any questions. I'm always happy to give my perspective Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. And um, yeah, thanks for joining us on, on Decoding Careers. We'll see you next time. Thank you very much, Ryan. You've been listening to Decoding Careers with Sam Yates. This podcast is proudly brought to you with the support of recruitment agency, Discovered People. To find out more, go to discoveredpeople.com.au. dot